once you start scratching the surface of these wicked environmental problems, then you can easily go down a rabbit hole from which there's no return. But at the same time, I think if you're able to map out exactly what it is in these domains and you start to make these connections, then actually it can be quite empowering. Welcome to Into Deep, the place for meaningful conversations about tackling tough problems. This week, we're rejoined by Sam Rye and also Jolion Swinburne, who is a policy analyst at the Ministry for Environment in New Zealand. He's essentially bringing a systems approach to his work there um, in really being environmental stewards for the natural resources across New Zealand. Okay, so let's jump straight in. Can you tell me a little bit about um, the Ministry of Environment's scope in New Zealand and what you do there at the moment? Yeah, sure. So uh, the Ministry for the Environment um, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, is uh, is based in Wellington, and we are effectively the the environmental stewards of our um, of our resource management system, and uh, we're a central government agency, and we uh, specialise in policy and policy development. Um, yeah, for our natural resources in New Zealand. Yeah, that's great. Um, and uh, I know we talked a little bit um, beforehand about uh, your background and it was quite an interesting uh, path that you took to getting started in systems practice. Do you want to just share a little bit of that with us? Yeah, sure. So I um, I have a legal background um, and uh, I also did an arts degree in uh, politics, uh, philosophy and economics, which I guess is really a good start if you want to think about um, multidisciplinary thinking or cross-disciplinary thinking. And then uh, moving into the environmental space, um, from this perspective, you, you quickly realise how how complex environmental systems are and that it's um, not only are they complex, but then very difficult to to describe exactly what that complexity is and and or to map it and or to think about policies or the best way to approach these systems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, it's it's certainly uh, difficult when systems are ever ever changing, uh, let alone when they they're you know uh, somewhat broken away from us as a group of people sometimes, and we don't experience them all the time. Um, so how does that sort of brings us into what you're working on uh, at the moment at the ministry? Could you give us a little flavour of that? Yeah, sure. So um, I've moved around the ministry a bit. Um, I've, I've worked in the marine space. I've worked in uh, climate change policy. And uh, I'm now currently in the strategy and evaluation team here at the ministry. And um we're actually working on a, on a quite an interesting project at the moment that's um, taking a natural natural wealth, the natural capital lens on um, on our natural assets here in New Zealand, and we're um, we're sort of thinking broadly um, how how we can look to halt and reverse the decline in our national uh, in our natural assets in New Zealand, and we're um, partnering up with. Um, other natural resource sector agencies um, in New Zealand, as well as um, 
business leaders around the country and um, organizations that are also wishing to um, halt and reverse the decline of our natural assets. So it's a really interesting project. Yeah, awesome. And how, how within that sort of practice that you've been um, working on at the moment, um, how does Kumu fit into uh, that practice and what are you doing with the, the, the maps that are, are coming out of it? Yeah, so part of this um, part of this project or initiative is to think about our natural assets um, in in a in a way in which we we recognise how interconnected they are. So if you split up our natural um, assets into uh, four different categories, like um, land and soil, marine, fresh water, and biodiversity. And then as well as tack on um, some cross-cutting domains like sustainable finance and climate change, you, you quickly realize how interconnected they all are. And if you are looking at, say, for example, the marine space, and you're trying to think about trying to think about how you'd approach um, the, the, the decline uh, reverse the decline of the natural assets in, in marine, you realize how quickly uh, you realise quickly how joined up it is to the land and soil domain and how, bio, like, for example, biodiversity concerns, it really all um, hinges and depends on one another. And I think QMU is a, is, is a very good tool to use to explain this, um, this, this multi-domain um, approach. If you look at perhaps drawing a map on each individual domain. Um, that's, that's quite an interesting process in itself. And then to take a step back and see how those domains link up. I think Kimi does a very good job in illustrating this and that's what we're using it for with this project. Yeah, awesome. I, um, I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, complexity in terms of a spider's web and uh, you know, everything being joined to everything else. And if you pull away one of those strands, you can't just rebuild the web. Um, and uh, I sort of saw a similar pattern with, um, you know, conservation in New Zealand with back in the 1960s, there was that drive to save species um, and save a, you know, a particular uh, animal or a particular um, uh, species. And, and then realizing that really you needed to save the whole habitat. And to do that, you needed to look at landscapes, not some um, yeah particular little areas. So um, I really, I really feel feel that uh, that, yeah. that challenge and that that interconnectedness. And I think for a lot of people, that can be um, quite almost quite paralyzing uh, to to see the um, the complexity of things and how do you intervene and not you know break everything else. Um, I guess that sort of brings me to the the question of like, what's what's your edge of learning at the moment with this practice? What are, what are you wondering about, or what are you finding hard? Yeah, um, absolutely. Once you start scratching the surface um, of this of these wicked environmental problems, then you can easily um, go down a rabbit hole of, of of from which there's no return. But at the same time, I think if if you're able to um, map out exactly what it is in these domains and you start to make these connections between the domains and you start to see um, 
perhaps the inefficiencies of particular policy interventions that we've done in the past, then actually it can be more or less, or actually can be quite empowering. Uh, so if you see, um, if you start to see these connections, then you can start to see, well, if you um, focus on this aspect, then there will be um, benefit, uh, you know, uh, benefits in other domains down the road, depending on how you approach um, that issue. So yeah, on the one hand, it's it's a rabbit hole. And on the other hand, um, you can really see opportunity and looking yeah. at it like this. And I think uh, to answer your question, that this has been a learning process uh, for me also. Um, it's it's quite easy to to use the, the, the buzzword opportunity in, in the government space uh, at the moment. But, you know, to be honest, if, yeah, you start to see these connections, then you do actually start to see um, opportunities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I've been listening to a lot of Danella Meadows' um, work on thinking in systems at the moment, and it really just kind of, I keep uh, thinking of the difference of the mechanistic version of um, systems where, like, you know, our, our natural inclination is to try and fix them if something feels broken, whereas the shift to thinking in sort of living systems is really thinking about how you can improve the health of the system and improve its resilience and adaptability. And uh, I think that that shift from mechanistic to living is so, so important, especially in policy circles, um, as to, you know, how we approach uh, things. So I was actually wondering, you know, do you find this systems practice quite common in policy circles at the moment? Uh, or, yeah, are you seeing any other people using it? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a tough one. I'm, we're certainly uh, talking about it, um, that's for sure. I think um, there is a bit of confusion as to what systems thinking actually entails and how you can um, actually incorporate it into your to your policy practice. Mm. Certainly I see it being used as a, a way of um, achieving buy-in from stakeholders. Mm -hmm. That's one way um, that systems mapping, if you've got various people that are, um, have, a, have a stake in a, in a particular policy intervention and you get them to help you draw up this systems map then um then absolutely at the end of it it might look like a complete um, bird's nest but they understand it because they help you draw it and then that can really um yeah achieve buy-in for when you actually then go ahead and um, develop the policy um for that project i think um i think we've got a lot to um a lot of improvement to go in terms of being able to use systems thinking in a quantitative way mm. about how we can start to think about um, how um, targeted interventions will have um, effects further down the line. I think, um, or certainly in, in, in my use of, of systems mapping, that's where I would like to uh, improve. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess my, my final question is really, um, has, has Kumu um, helped you in your work? And if so, how? Is there any particular areas that has been useful for you? Yeah, so as, as I said, um, thinking in systems is, um, has been a new learning curve for me and uh, developing systems map 
systems maps is also um, something relatively new to me. But what I've, I guess I've found QMU to be quite um, intuitive in creating these maps and, and in doing so, um, it's helped me to explain what I'm trying to achieve um, mm -hmm. with these with these maps. And I guess uh, QMU, the fact that it's um, it is compatible with Microsoft Excel is what we use here. Mm. Um, I've been playing around with um, putting a whole whole bunch of different Excel maps we've got mm -hmm. um, existing here and seeing how they project, um, how QMU can project them. Some mm. of them are definitely get put into the too hard basket but others um others you know you start working on different um sizings and, and colorings and, and connections and you doctor them a little bit and and the end result is something that you can really talk to mm. um and and lead them on that journey perhaps through their presentation function or, or whatever they have um you can really mm. um show your thinking with QMU. Yeah, awesome. So the I guess the I hear a strong thread towards uh, the the story that comes out of the the mapping being the almost the the way to communicate it versus just the journey of giving a map. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's great. Um, awesome. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to um, tell us uh, before we before we sign off? Yeah, I, I'd just say that um, possibly one more aspect is, is its ability to uh, break down silos and um, cross-coordinate between areas so easily um, when we slice off or carve off different focus areas, then these silos develop. And I don't really think they're particularly helpful. So if you can have tools... Um, to to help break down these silos then mm. then then that will really um help especially in the environmental space in fact any tools that will help in the environmental space are, are more than welcome <laughs> yeah cool awesome okay well that's great um if anybody wanted to reach you online to talk a little bit more about the work that you're doing whether they're from new zealand or inside the the government and want to compare notes is there any way to get hold of you um online yeah sure um send me an email uh at jolian.swinburne at uh, mfe.govt.nz um that's j-o-l-y-o-n dot s-w-i-n-b-u-r-n um yeah feel free to to send an email and we can compare notes sure. <laughs> and um, that's great Awesome. And um, yeah, are you uh, are you in the uh, Kumu uh, Slack group at all? Can people find you in there? Or not yet? No, not yet. But that's um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'd be keen to to, to join in on that. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll make sure you get that invitation. And um, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Cool. Thank you, Sam. Cheers.